102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Try them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this particular week. It is at Jeff Ward Show. You can post your comments there and you should. Uh, it's an interesting day, to say the least. And I'm going to make some comparisons that are awkward and uncomfortable, but I guess necessary. So if you want to comment on X or Twitter, you can do so. At Jeff Ward Show, get to the point. Please don't suck. Try to make the show better. Bring your A game. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We drop a podcast every afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. I would suggest you also subscribe to the YouTube channel, even though it's uh, I look like Shrek and sit in front of a weird wall. Uh, seems to be doing pretty well. So we drop the YouTube show each afternoon as well. That's Jeff Ward's show on YouTube. I want, I'm going to admit this, I want to call Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher the Bernie Madoff of football coaches. I want to. I really do. And I thought about this, oh, you know, usually like I do, probably about two and a half minutes before I just said it. But, yeah, yeah, Jeff, that kind of fits. I know it's not fair, though. But I want to. Or maybe I could even say or imply he's like Enron with a headset. Or more modern take on this would be, what's our guy that just was found guilty of all counts? It's going to prison for the next like 1,200 years or whatever with a fro. He is the, uh, what, Sam Bankman freed without the fro? Is he a scammer? Is he a scammer? Is Jimbo Fisher a scammer with a country accent? I want to say yes, I do. And it would, be, it would be fairly easy to make some of the arguments. Because if you look at the numbers, this is the head coach at Texas A&M. If you look at the numbers, it feels like a scam. You'd like to say, on the Aggie side, you'd like to say it's a scam. A loss to Ole Miss this past weekend takes the $100 million coach to 3-3 three and three in the SEC. This is one year removed from going 2-6 and six in the SEC. The $100 million coach is now 26-21 and 21 in the SEC. A&M's probably going to finish 7-5 and five or 6-6 six and six and blah, blah, blah. You know, the usual. Meh, right? The scam arguments could go like this. Scam artist arguments could go like this. A fake return on the investment. Promises not kept. He's a bust for sure. But is he really Enron? I wonder if people know Enron anymore. It's pretty fascinating to say the least. Um, Enron, Bernie Madoff, Sam Bankman-Fried, you know, the, 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 pro the progress we've made, of course, in scammers. But is he Enron? I can't say he cooked the books. That's what Enron did. Um, he hasn't won big. He hasn't won it at all. It's meh at best. And to make it worse, he's incredibly irritating publicly. And I love to defend A&M like you were scammed, like Bernie Madoff victims. It would really be, it would actually be kind of a nice change of pace to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys were tricked into this deal. 
You're the, you're the victims of a fake crypto scam. That would be convenient, and that would be very convenient for A&M to be the victim here. And it'd feel a lot better to say it. Probably be a lot more comfortable to pile on Jimbo Fisher and say, oh my gosh, he scammed those people. I can't believe what happened to them. But the A&M, A&M was not tricked. They weren't. I mean, I'd love to say you were, and maybe at some level you were, but Texas A&M knowingly and willingly signed up for an embarrassing and paralyzing $100 million swing and a miss. You weren't scammed. Slightly deceived, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying hard, man. I am dropping every scam artist I can to try to help you out. But at the end of the day, you went there knowingly and willingly, and you changed. Here's why this is important now. They have changed the, uh, they have changed the industry. Probably not in a good way. Texas A&M is not a victim of a scam. If you're looking for the best comparison, and that's what I'm going to do now, because there's a story out today on Yahoo, and it says, here's the reality. Here's the reality concerning Jimbo Fisher's future at Texas A&M. It's complicated, and it is. It is. It's complicated, and your eyes kind of glaze over until you start hearing some of the dollar amounts here. So the fair comparison here. As much as he's an easy guy to dislike, you can't say he's Enron. You can't say he's Bernie Madoff. You can't say he's a a crypto scammer. You can't. There's no evidence of that. They did this to themselves. They did it to themselves. So here's the real comparison. This one, I think, does, does apply. And I think it applies to everyone. It hurts. Texas A&M is the Cleveland Browns of college football. Ouch. And Jimbo Fisher is the Deshaun Watson of coaches. And that should hurt on a number of levels. Uh, Tell me I'm wrong, though. Go ahead, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me this is not the Cleveland Browns-like thing to do, and his path is not unlike Deshaun Watson. Ridiculously high pay and ridiculously absent results. Follow the connections here and then follow the impact on the sport because those may be the most dramatic connections at all. So salaries going forward, of course, have changed now because of the the two comparisons here. The Cleveland Browns, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, and Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson a deal that guaranteed $230 million for five years. Okay, It was absolutely asinine on every level. Three days before the start of 2021, the Aggies were tricked. Can't say it. You weren't tricked. The Aggies agreed to give Jimbo Fisher a contract extension that is fully guaranteed for 10 years. It's $94.5 million. Both of them, about the same time frame, went all in and have completely been burned. I mean, practically ruined. Because of these idiotic deals. The Deshaun Watson deal and the screaming sound you heard when that happened were NFL owners saying, oh, no, look what's happened to the bar. You know, the idea of guaranteeing contracts long term was completely off the table in the NFL until the Browns, the idiotic, underachieving, always stupid Cleveland Browns went all in on a 10 year guarantee. 
It just was not done in the NFL. It was not a smart way to do business in the NFL, and the bar had never been taken there. And if you take a look what has happened since then, the owners and their fear that, wow, this is the new normal, is exactly what has happened. Now, we can argue some guys, Deshaun Watson doesn't deserve it. Russell Wilson doesn't deserve it. You could say Lamar Jackson does. I mean, you can go back and forth in arguments. Uh, The player's side would say, hey, look, um, we've been waiting this for a long time. The point is, both of them did almost, A&M and Cleveland, did almost the exact same thing with almost the exact same pathetic results and have been burned by it. So the Deshaun Watson deal set in motion a spending spree of guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks that at this point is easily over a billion dollars. Now, some of the guys are panning out, of course, but, you know, year one or two does not define a 10-year guaranteed deal. So it's easily a billion dollars were set in motion, and just like the underachieving Deshaun Watson, guess what happened in college football? The spending spree in college football... I think you can tie that to the idiotic deal for Jimbo Fisher. Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma for USC. Guess what? It's a $110 million guaranteed deal. Pretty close to the same time frame. He's lost three times already this year, and his team has no chance for a Final Four nor a Pac-12 championship. The Browns deal for Deshaun Watson and the Aggies deal for Jimbo Fisher are similar in a very awful way (laughs) neither has delivered I mean some of these things work out not many this one is not these two organizations these two football franchises and the Aggies I can't say that you've historically been the Cleveland Browns but this was a Cleveland Browns like move because you've both done the exact same thing and been burned in the exact same way and I would love to say both of you were tricked but neither of you were tricked because you did it to yourselves and it was stupid and now you can't get out neither one of them can get out they can't just say that's it we're out Um, both cases the employers, A&M and Cleveland, have been ripped off or allowed themselves, let's be honest here, allowed themselves to be ripped off. Check out the performances and the similarities. Last year, Deshaun Watson, you know, the guy with a 10-year, $230 million contract, had all of seven touchdown passes and five interceptions. It's quite a return, isn't it? <laughs> Feels Bernie Madoff-like. Jimbo Fisher. You know, the guy with basically a $100 million guaranteed 10-year contract won all of two SEC games. This year, to make it all work now, Deshaun Watson has thrown for six touchdowns and three interceptions. Again, what a great return on investment. Jimbo Fisher, slightly better than last year. He has three wins in the SEC this year, and... All of five SEC wins in two years. What a deal. Told you. I mean, you just look at it. You just go down the charts of underachieving on every on every level. You look at the money. I mean, I guess A&M could say at least we didn't spend $230 million. Yeah, good point. That's great. Feel better? What a deal. Um, How's it end for the Aggies? That's the real question now. How does it end for the Aggies? I, it doesn't end for the Browns. I can tell you that now. I mean, he can sit around. He can, you can bench him. You can, uh, 
you know, do what the do what the Texans did and tell them to go hide and plant his phone. I mean, you can do all that stuff. You're out two hundred. You're out going to be out two hundred thirty million dollars. Right? You're in an arranged marriage. It's awful. The Aggies. What's your out? How does it end? It can't. <laughs> it can't. There's not. There's not one. That's what the Yahoo story is really trying to say. Is oh my gosh, this is dramatic. This is over the top, and they can't get out. They can't end. Jimbo Fisher's buyout this year, this year, is $77 million. $77 million. That's $77 million to say, I'd like you to leave now. They can't pay that. You can't. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how anyone could justify it. I really don't. The answer is you can't. I don't care how many different conversations, how many different times somebody is kicking the ground saying, I can't believe we did this. I mean, I'm sure they're pissed. The Browns are pissed. I can't believe we did it. I don't know any scenario in which you can give a guy 77 million bucks, three wins, four wins, six wins. It doesn't matter. You give a guy $77 million to go away, but remember, you then have to try and hire someone. It's a $100 million mistake for the Aggies. For Cleveland, it's uh, close to a um, $150 to $200 million mistake that you can't get out of. I'd love to sit here. I really would. I would love to sit here. I mean, to make him go away, it's close to $80 million this year. It is embarrassing enough, and this is why I would just lay low if I were A&M. I would just sort of just, just own it and not say anything about it because it's embarrassing enough that you did the deal. It's even more embarrassing, I argue, to admit that it was an $80 million mistake by sending him out the door. I, I think, I don't know that you fixed your problem by writing him a check for $80 million. I really don't. I don't the only good answer I can think of is just, just deal with it. Just hide. <laughs> just pretend it didn't happen. Because I don't think any way you can, you can have a $100 million transaction right now. I mean, it would be beyond embarrassment. So I really wanted, I really wanted it to be that he tricked him. I really wanted to do all this Bernie Madoff stuff, and I mean, and that's not truthfully, it's not fair. Um, I'm sure A&M would love to say he's Bernie Madoff. I'm sure they'd love to sue him in some way, but they can't. I mean, there's no evidence of that. The Browns weren't tricked by Deshaun Watson and his agent, and the Aggies weren't tricked on this deal. They both have been shockingly wrong and shockingly stupid, and they're both getting burned every single week, and they don't have a way out. They really don't. Now, here's something to think about. <laughs> the only slightly interesting thing left, once you've stated the obvious, and that is what a shockingly stupid deal. Think about this. Which one will turn out to be a worse deal? Right now, right now, the way he's played, and I'm surprised how bad he's been. I really thought Deshaun Watson, I'm not saying he was worthy of a $230 million 10-year deal. I, I would not have argued that. But I did think he was going to be better than what you see now. Uh, he's been awful. Non-existent, basically. But which one is going to turn out to be a worse deal? The Deshaun Watson deal right now goes down as, if not the dumbest deal in modern sports, I don't know what's worse. I really don't know what would be worse. Somebody have an idea what would be worse than that deal? Right now, it goes down as the dumbest deal in modern sports. There's not been a worse deal. 
I think the Jimbo Fisher deal will be, it's just as bad in the coaching side. Which one in the end is going to turn out to be worse? Which one of these idiotic deals is going to turn out to be worse? Not better, because there's no better here. There's no, there's very little upside. Which one is going to turn out to be worse? I'm going to say Jimbo Fisher. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I think uh, he's near the end. There's really no sign of it getting better. There's really no way to make up the ground. The bar, you know, the the coaching industry, the bar has been set. It's spinning out of control. Um, I think it's going to end up being worse. Deshaun Watson's got some time, and he's going to get the chance to fix it. I'm not sure he will, but for right now, I think the Jimbo Fisher deal is going to end up dollar for dollar, result for result, going to end up being worse. Deshaun, look at it this way. I don't know. There's not much left for Jimbo Fisher to do that'll make it right. He's run out of games. And I really think the time that they end up playing Texas in the SEC is like the, the, the crown. It's like the stake driven home. I mean, I think, I think that is the, just, just the final blow for this whole deal. I think the Deshaun Watson deal might have a better chance of not being as awful. He might, in the end, do something right. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Pass the ball to the Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. There's a new sound. First time in a while. How about that? Uh, okay, so <laughs> the, the Michigan B everyone else fight is... Something is supposed to be decided today or tomorrow. I'm going to predict nothing is decided today or tomorrow. Uh, This thing is comical. I don't see Michigan arguments. I really don't. If you want to try, I uh, sure, whatever. Uh, I think this thing is just going to get so mucked up by lawyers that it goes nowhere fast, which I think is the intent. So here's a report out this afternoon. Michigan has gone, basically gone all Donald Trump. Michigan objects to, quote, premature Big Ten discipline on sign stealing, says it's exceeded the commissioner's authority. I don't hear Michigan too often. I don't hear Jim Harbaugh too often saying, I didn't do that. They really don't go out of their way to say, that's, that's a joke, man. We didn't do that stuff. But you're going to love part of the argument here. I joked and said they're going to use this as an argument, and sure enough, in a 10-page legal document, it's exactly what they've done. Follow me. Michigan's 10-page response to the Big Ten on Wednesday night sets the stage for an unprecedented legal battle between the school and the conference over a sign-stealing probe that has gripped college football. Uh, It's been a joke, actually. I don't know if it's gripped, but it's been a joke. So, now remember, if you don't follow it all too closely, Michigan is, what are they in that last poll? They weren't one. Um, they're, they're three, and they're well on their way to the final four. And they're probably thinking to themselves, this is the best chance in a long time for a national championship. And they're probably going to be right. So the uh, Big Ten commissioner, Michigan argues, uh, describes, um, Michigan is describing as premature disciplinary action against head coach Jim Harbaugh. They question the league's evidence in the case as grossly insufficient. Wait. 
It's grossly insufficient. The guy that's been accused is standing right there on the camera. What more evidence would you like to present? Michigan's argument is the evidence is grossly insufficient. Connor Stallions of porn fame is caught on camera on another team's sidelines. <laughs> what evidence would be better? What evidence would be better? Okay. Uh, all right. They claim the evidence is grossly insufficient. They believe the conference is in a, quote, rush to punish Michigan because of public and internal pressure from other Big Ten schools that would create an indefensible precedent. Mm. Is that a good defense or not? What do you think? Pretty well done. I do agree with this last part. I mean, I, th I think they're probably right that, yeah, other schools want to pile on. Yeah. But you know what? Here's a weird twist to that. Maybe they have a pretty good reason to pile on. Maybe what a lot of these coaches have been saying isn't that far off, and that is nobody does that. Nobody goes that far to steal. I think it is over-the-top behavior, so, yeah, they want to pile on. Yeah, 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 Michigan's winning. Yeah, Michigan's powerful. Michigan's got the money. It's one of the biggest brands in all of college sports. It's one of the biggest brands in sports. But their defense... You guys want to pile on. You're, you're envious of us. And number two, yeah, yeah, that adds a video and stuff and witnesses and camera footage and documents. It's insufficient. It's insufficient. That's where they're going with this. What they're really doing is saying, we're going to spend a bunch of money on lawyers that muck this whole thing up just long enough for us to get to the Final Four. That's what I think the goal is of Michigan. And I think they might pull it off. Then we go on. Uh, this is also Michigan's arguments. They had a 10-page legal filing. Michigan refers to Connor Stallions as a, quote, junior analyst and says there is no evidence that his signs decoding skills had, and I'm quoting here, any material effect on Michigan's games. That's exactly what I said yesterday. That makes the argument worse, doesn't it? The letter cites Michigan's average margin of victory, 34 points, and the team won games by 49 and 28, 28 points without Connor Stallions on the sidelines. How about that? See, in other words, why would we need to do that? We're kicking everyone's ass anyway. That guy, we didn't even know who he was. Didn't this not sound like Trump? I didn't know who that guy was. I've never met him. This is like straight from the uh, Trump legal handbook. Him? Oh, he's a loser. He didn't. He didn't never mattered around here. I never. I don't even know who that dude is. It's a fake name anyway. He's in porn. He's never been in our office, except he's caught on video standing next to the defensive coach screaming at him. You mean other than that? So what Michigan is saying is, why would we even bother doing that stuff if we're rolling these teams anyway? Yeah, yeah. Why? Hey, could somebody ask this? I mean, that would be hilarious to have this thing. You know what they should say? All right, listen. Let's, let's just, we're going to decide this in the next three days. And we're going to go ahead, let's put together a prosecution and defense. Let's put together a jury. Mr. Harbaugh, you're going to take the stand first. Did you employ this guy? Have you ever talked to him? 
No? Shut up. Okay. Mr. Harbaugh, is that you and this guy right here in this video? Is that, is, that, is that the porn guy right there? We didn't really need him because we were going to roll these teams anyway. Why did you employ him? What's the point? Why was he at these games? His travel and expenses were paid by whom? How is it he got access to these other games, including the sideline of Central Michigan? How is that? Why did you bother to pay the guy that you said is a junior analyst who doesn't matter? What did the junior analyst, what was he hired to do? Because on his LinkedIn page, he says that he uses his military intelligence skills in football. So what did you guys think you were hiring him for? The whole blocking dummies? What exactly was the interview process of Connor Stallions? Wow, this is... This is really dumb. Uh, it's The whole thing is dumb. Did they need the Connor Stallions to spy on everyone else to beat them by 40 points? Of course they didn't. Of course. They're right, of, they're right about that, which makes them doing it dumber than we would have ever imagined. That, so how's it going to play out? I, I, I think you got an idea. They got some lawyers. Uh, they're going to make. They're just going to scream a bunch of things. They're going to scream due process soon. I'm sure someone's going to say due process. I'm, uh, this is not the American way. Uh, what the Big Ten office is saying is that it clearly violates the league policy. It does, as it's clearly stated. Uh, the NCAA's head coach has the way this works is, and it's rightly this way, is that the head coach has a, basically a responsibility clause. So if stuff goes on, it's on you. And that was put in there just under circumstances like this, in which the head coach said, I didn't know him. I've never heard of him. What they're saying is the bylaws dictate that if you are the head coach, you're in control of what happens. And that's probably the way it needs to be. And I find it hard to believe after two years, after two years, Jim Jim Harbaugh did not know who this guy was, never talked to him, never once said, gosh, why does he get paid $55,000? Never once said, who's that dude over there? Never, none of that happened, huh? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to get in trouble. I don't. I think power wins in college sports. I would be surprised if they were in trouble. I would. Um, I, I think some people are arguing that if you cheated and you cheated to gain an advantage, whether you really gained that advantage or not, you ought to be forfeiting those games. I don't think it's an outrageous position to take. I don't. No, no, Michigan didn't need to do it. But apparently and obviously they did. Now, Jim Harbaugh's defense is I never knew him. I didn't like him. He's a punk loser. You know, just whatever Trump is going to say, it would be the same thing. Huh? Who? Oh, that guy? Nah. I don't need that stuff. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you knowingly broke the rules to try to win. The fact that you were going to win anyway, I don't think it should matter. I still don't think, I, I don't think anything's going to happen. I really don't. I don't. I, 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 think, they're, I think they're scare tactics. I think their scare tactics going to work, and that is we'll fight you. I don't know how you fight it. I don't know what court this goes to. I don't even know where this goes. 
So this is on ESPN Today. It's, I think it's Heather Dinich that covers college football for ESPN. Well, Greeny, the conference commissioner is not at the college football playoff meetings in Dallas where all of his commissioner peers are because he has some other things to attend to. And what's going on right now is Michigan's letter, the 10-page letter that it sent back urging due process. One source told ESPN that Michigan is not bringing a knife to a gunfight on this. So there's also Michigan state legislatures, lawmakers, who have also told Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti to urge him to follow due process. Now, there are two separate things going on here. The NCAA is doing its own investigation. My understanding is that the Big Ten has not initiated its own investigation. It's relying on information it has gathered from the NCAA in part and following other reports that have come out. But the sense is that the Big Ten has enough information to prove that Michigan broke its sportsmanship policy by a illegally stealing signs. My sources are telling me that no evidence has come through yet that shows Jim Harbaugh knew about this or orchestrated it, but the Big Ten will point to the NCAA rule that says even if a head coach doesn't know about it, he is responsible for the actions of his staff. Michigan is expected to really push back on this, and they are working with a pricey law firm in D.C. to have some legal action if needed. Code, let's find someone to throw into the bus, not Jim. There. Code, find a way to leave our head coach alone so we can win a couple games down the stretch and get to the Final Four. Then he can leave. Which he'll leave. He'll screw him over. Yeah. He had nothing to do with it. Zero. I, I don't deny that uh, Jim Harbaugh probably didn't sit around and say, hey, the guy with the porn name, could you tell him to do some spying stuff? Just let you guys know later. I, I don't know. I don't know what Jim Harbaugh directed this guy to do. <laughs> Somebody did. He's bouncing around on their sidelines. If I, the Michigan president, I know rich guys want you to win, and that's all they care about. Cannot blame the university. Look, Michigan is a really good school. It's one of the best public schools in the country. What a, what a hassle. You know what, Jim Harbaugh, for all the good stuff he brings winning, and he wins everywhere he goes. He does. The dude is an eyelash away from winning a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers. He, he, he took Stanford to a new place. He will win. It's Urban Meyer-like. You, you hire him, and you're going to win. It's also this. You hire him, you're going to win, and it's going to be a pain in the ass. Every other week, there's going to be some other form of drama and conflict. It wasn't that long ago, in fact, it was this last summer, that one of the assistants is investigated by the FBI for being a hacker. Like, what? It's just stuff happens with him. It's always something. And that's what you got to believe the university president is going, can we just not play and win for a change? Why does it always have to be drama, Jim? But the university president can't do what I would assume the university president would do with a member of the faculty, and that is, that's enough. It's enough. I've had it. This is my place, my campus, and it's my ass, and I, I'm not going to tolerate anymore because there's always stuff with you, biology professor. You're out.
I'm sure he or she would like to do that with Jim Harbaugh, but football matters more. And right now at Michigan, football matters the most. There's only two games left for them. One and a half, really. One this weekend against Penn State, then they play Ohio State. And that's all they care about. (laughs) That's it. And they'll do anything, obviously, to muck this up. I told you you'd hear due process. I knew it. I knew they would go, that's it, the American way. What kind of system is this? You're railroading my guy, Jim. All they care about is getting to that Ohio State game and beating Ohio State, getting to the Final Four. After that, they'll deal with the rest. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. All right, phone number is 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. Should I feel guilty about uh, going Jimbo Fisher, Bernie Madoff? Yeah, you get the idea. I qualified it by saying I wanted him to be I wanted him to be Bernie Madoff. I wanted him to have tricked the Aggies in some terrible way, but uh, no, he didn't. I wish that for the Aggies. I'm sure they do, too. They wish they could come up with something. Really wish they could come up with something that uh, proved that he was, uh, what's his name, Sam Bankman-Fried, right? Yeah, Sam. Has that been a movie yet? The Enron movie wasn't even that interesting. I don't know. I assume there was a Bernie Madoff movie, correct? Was that any good? The Sam... I remember I did uh, did commercials for the podcast documentary, which is really, really well done, on the whole crypto thing. Um, and it's it's the same thing. You know, it's, it's like Enron again. That the cheating, no. You get over your skis with promises, and then you're chasing your tail with the promises, which then have to become lies, which then the money starts sounding too big, so you have to lie more. Then you have to lie so much you have fake evidence. And it just it's the same storyline. It's just that he was in the billions and he had uh, some kind of giant fro and it was crypto. The difference with remember my favorite part of Sam Bankman Free <laughs> is the report that was out that he offered <laughs> he offered the Trump campaign money to not run. The best part of that is they actually came up with a number. It was something like, um, you know, I don't know, $3 billion or something. I, at some point, I, somebody in the Trump side had to figure out, yeah, I don't know if he's got that money, but I don't know. It sounds good. But I wonder if he really had it. I wonder if he really had it. I don't know that I would blame Trump for not running for $3 billion. I wouldn't blame anybody. First of all, I mean, you're crazy to run, period. Anybody. What a nightmare that must be. But to be offered, and I don't know how it's ever been confirmed or not, um, but to be offered $3 billion to not run is is hilarious. And I don't even know what the ultimate answer was, except I think 
I think he was already starting to get in trouble. And I think somebody on the Trump side was wise enough to go, whoa, whoa. Are you sure? Are you sure he's got that kind of money? Because I think the price tag, what the book is reporting is the price tag was actually set up by the Trump side, which I don't think is all that dumb either. I'm sorry, you want me to not run? Huh. What's that worth? $10 million, You're crazy, man. No, give me three and I'll, I'll bail. <laughs> You'll never see my face again. Give me three and I'll bail. Done. All right, on Twitter, it's at or X. It's at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to comment on, uh, I, I don't know. I don't think Michigan goes, I don't think the thing goes anywhere. I really don't. Quinn Ewers is now going to play. That's what's uh, reported. I think Cedric Golden said it uh, yesterday, the day before, that he thought he would play. He, you know, here's my take on that. So he's he's been practicing this week. Quinn Ewers had bad shoulder, bad throwing shoulder. And I, I'm going to assume they're smart enough. Got to be smart enough. With him and with their team down the stretch. You don't need and shouldn't need Quinn Ewers to beat, to beat TCU. Okay? And so you would only play Quinn Ewers because you've got an easy stretch. Now, I know that's a lot to say since they've, you know, Texas has been lucky to win the last two, two games. But it's a pretty easy stretch for Texas. They have enough to win those games even with a C-level quarterback play. B-level. Um, and Malik Murphy the other day against Kansas State was A-level, then D-level. So they wouldn't, you'd be crazy to play Quinn Ewers unless you're absolutely sure the guy is good to go. He doesn't need the risk. You don't need the risk. You still think, although I think it's a stretch, you still think you're going to, one, play in a conference championship game. They will. Two, you're going to play in the Final Four, a stretch, but they still have to prepare like they are. So risking the guy to play against TCU, is, it's just not worth it. So I can't believe that he is going to play unless he's 100% healthy. It'd be dumb. But then it sets up the real scenario with Texas. And I don't think the real scenario with quarterbacks at Texas, I, it doesn't play out yet. But it's going to have to play out in the very near future. And that is this. Number one, is he coming back? I don't know why he wouldn't. I can't imagine that Quinn Ewers would leave to be, he's not going to be a first-round pick. If he gets some advice somewhere and he's going to be second, I guess maybe you leave. Um, maybe. Number one is you got to find out if he's coming back. And then if he says yes or no, but if he says yes, then you have to decide exactly what Cedric Golden said the other day, and that is, does he get the job back? Is it his job? And then you have to be honest with other guys and say, listen, i got to tell you, it's his job first. You'd have to beat him out. And then you've got to deal with the fallout of that. So Quinn Ewers comes back. You're not going to have all three of those guys. And you shouldn't have all three of those guys. And they'd be crazy to stay. So whoever's going to be the third guy probably should bolt and will. I'm wondering now if Malik Murphy hasn't played his way to number three. I wonder. Great first quarter against Kansas State. Pretty awful the rest of the way. Just like his entire team. But he was pretty awful the rest of the way. He did not help himself. He needed, for his free agency tryout, 
he needed another game. And he probably is not going to get it now, and that's a problem for him. So he might be, if Quinn Ewers comes back, he might be the third guy. So those are just honest conversations. If Quinn Ewers says, you know, look, I I don't know that I'll be first round. He'll probably say that he is. He won't. Uh, But I might be second or third, and that's good enough. Okay, are you going to go? You are? Okay. Then you have a conversation with Arch Manning and Malik Murphy. And you say, hey, it's wide open. And then you want to keep those two guys around. If you have three of those guys, you're going to end up with two. Running the risk of ending up with one. If you have Quinn Ewers gone, then I could see both guys stick around to try to beat each other out. It's just a it's a modern day problem in a big time program. Uh, you don't you don't recruit guys that say I want to sit. You recruit guys that want the ball. And now if they don't get the ball right away, most of them are going to look for a spot where they are. I think the whole thing is set in motion by Quinn Ewers' decision. He's going to have to make it pretty quickly. He's probably going to end up making a decision with not a ton of information because these guys get pretty good feedback on if you're going to be a first-round pick. But after that, it's just it's a numbers game. It's really a numbers game. It's about need, and it's about access. And you know, you got to be lucky enough that somebody's contract is up or somebody's injured, and then rounds two through five – you know, you you just hope you fit in the mix. But you don't get a whole lot of information there. So I don't know what he's going to know. I don't know what he's going to base his decision on. Because if he's sitting there thinking, I'm going to play my way into the first round, I, I don't see it. I really don't. So then Steve Sarkeesian has to ask him, I got to know, are you going to come back or not? And then he might even say, I'm going to come back, but I want the job. And then Sarkeesian's going to have to be honest. I mean, you really have to look these guys in the eye and tell them the truth, and he's going to have to tell them the job's up for grabs or it's yours. Or it's yours. And he's going to have to say the same thing to the other two guys because they're going to ask and they're going to want to know. And you, and you have to tell them the, the truth because that's what they're going to tell other recruits and other programs. You've got to shoot straight with them at that position. All right, on Twitter X, it's at Jeff Ward Show. Phone number is 512-834-1027. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.